died with honor. No, Will. He just died. I'm tired of it. You, me, all of us. We're all out there dying so they can stay rich. Tax collectors coming around here, taking everything. We have nothing for the winner. Girls, you know how to shoot one of these? <clears throat> history. History indeed, Jack. History. We're going to make history tonight. Right. So welcome to the Wages of Cinema. I'm Andrew. I'm Jack. And we're bringing you a movie review for a film that is... Not going to overshadow Independence Day. <laughs> no, well, um, well, we're recording this on Monday, and uh, the box office already came in. It did not beat Independence Day. Although Independence Day was not number one at the box office. Still didn't beat Independence Day. No, not that we really expected it No, it made it something to. like $7 million. It, it technically the, the studio said it underperformed a little bit. Hmm. Uh, but the film we're talking about is Free State of Jones. Yeah. Just like this and this review is free, so we're like the movie. Right, exactly. We're just like the movie. I've always considered The Wages of Cinema to be like a movie. It's like the the flip side to a silent film. You know, a silent film has all images and, and no noise. We're all noise and no images. Mm. Well, we're like we're like silent cinema's evil twin. You mean radio? Nega silent film. Well, that that happened back when there was silent film. It was called radio. So anyway, <laughs> Free okay. State of Jones. Basically, it's the story of a man named Newton Knight who actually existed. Yes. He lived in what uh, what was and what possibly still is Jones County, Mississippi. But didn't it, like, near the end, didn't they show that it was? it's now like, called Jefferson County? They, they, they showed that it had been renamed. But, you know, counties get named and renamed over and over again. Well, back then, I'm sure. Right. But in Jones County, he led resistance against the Confederate government. Uh, tax collectors and soldiers. Yeah, almost to the point where it, it's kind of strange because I almost, when I was watching him and his whole uh, rebellion, it made me think a little bit of him as like like a cracker communist. <laughs> like, as this guy who, um, well, maybe also a little bit of Robin Hood to make yes. a finer point. I mean, this guy who's really mad about these uh, tax, the, the fact that rich plantation owners have all this wealth, and the the poor have to go out and fight in the military. In, this, in the American Civil War. Yes. Um, you know, that's, is, that's what we're talking about. Movie starts in 1862. He's fighting in the Confederate Army. He is, he's a nurse, actually. Yes, and, he's not a soldier. That's that's a distinction to make. Right. And, he, and you just follow his life from the Civil War up until the mid-1870s. Something like that, yeah. Um... Now, also, we should mention Matthew McConaughey is uh, Newton Knight. Right. Um, you know, with a big, full beard and, you know, raggedy hair. Looking he, pretty gaunt. Looking a little dirty. Not as gaunt as I've seen him before. He he was much more gaunt in Dallas Buyers Club. Mm. Though, to be fair, he was, he had AIDS. Yeah. In that movie. Here, he's just, you know, a southern guy. He's just gaunt in this film because he's southern and poor. Yes, Matthew McConaughey is very poor. We yeah. need, send all of your donations to Matthew McConaughey because he really needs the money. Um, yeah, I mean the the you, yeah you see a lot of incidents in his life, and I'd say uh, about the first hour and twenty minutes of the movie, maybe an hour, maybe the first hour and a half. All right. Most of the movie is during the Civil War. Yes. Um, 
And I, I suppose that that might be because, at least from what the movie tells me. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's more in a book somewhere. I think this is based on a book. Um, I think my mom read it or something. That you know, a lot of this drama of him going up against the establishment, against these plantation owners, against these people suckling the towns, all these people in town for money... Um, that's in the Civil War. When the Civil War ends and Reconstruction begins, he has a little bit more of a tenuous position. He has to have his own property again, and black people now are off, you know, they have to find their own way, but it's Mississippi. Right. <laughs> it's the, oh man. You know what this movie reminded, reminded me of, and it's a pretty obvious point, What? But let's just mention it. Mississippi, <coughs> not that great a place. Ah! Well, certainly back then. It's much better than it What am I saying? I've never been to <laughs> Well, no, I'm not saying everybody in the state is terrible. Don't 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 send me your letters, Mississippi. I I but you're but you're basically talking about the entire south <sighs> after, the entire during south. and after well, the civil war. Well, something about especially Mississippi, they like well, in, in this movie, it's it's real, you know, it's that focus of you have this state where I'm sure other states in the South somehow unfairly bad. Mississippi becomes the the whipping boy for it's like oh you want to make a broad joke about the South mention Mississippi in uh, Django Unchained uh, that's where uh, Candyland is right and there's even a moment where uh, one of Tarantino's specialty tech things comes up it's like this big Mississippi floats across the screen. Yeah, Mississippi is too easy of a target right now. But it's, well, well, it's where the history takes place, though, in this story. You can't avoid it. Yeah, exactly. unless if they changed it to like Kentucky or something. That, but and that would have been terrible. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean, again, this is an area where after the Civil War, uh. I don't know if the Klan formed immediately after the Civil War. I mean, maybe you'd be able to tell me this, like, because you're a little bit well, more it wasn't, history guy. I, it, it wasn't right, like, right there. I don't there, think that they were as organized. They were more just like, we're going to put bags over our heads and uh, and go chase after Negroes, uh, as they say. Right. Um. So anyway, but I guess we're... What do you, I don't know where we could start with this, but... Well, uh, let's start with Matthew McConaughey. Since okay. we mentioned him, Matthew McConaughey, I think, in this film, is pretty good. No, he is. The only thing I would criticize him for is that his performance, you know, even though he he, you know, he inhabits the role of Newton Knight, he, his character is pretty one note throughout the entire film. He basically plays the savior. He's the guy who is ha- from the almost from the start. Well, at the start, he does suffer a tragedy. Uh, whether or not this fully shapes him, I, I'm not sure. I mean, he kind of still seems like the heroic, steadfast type from the beginning. But near the start, uh, his son uh, somehow wanders near the battlefield. It's not his son, it's his nephew. Oh. Oh, oh, that changes. I thought that was his son. No. Okay, that was... Uh, it wasn't. Okay. They didn't harp on it. Another thing about this film, nothing is really spoon-fed to you. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Now, I'm going to get to why, uh, at points, I had a problem with that. It's okay. a big problem with that. But back to Matthew McConaughey, he is good in this. Yeah. I would say, if nothing else, if you are, if you saw the trailer and you thought, oh, I like that Matthew McConaughey, he's a, he's a bright egg. He, he, 
That's not a way to use it. You just rolled your eyes. I don't know what word to use. I mean, he's not bright. He just repeats, all right, all right, all right. You know, that's his kind of catchphrase. Um, but if you find him appealing, if you find him charming, if you think he has real screen presence, then he, he shows it in this movie. He shows mm-hmm. it in this role. Uh, but as you said, maybe it's, it might be because of the writing. It might be more so because of Part that. Part of it is the writing. But I think makes... also it's, it, it is the direction. A I little mean, bit of that. He does... Throughout the film, he talks through in in the same way, basically. He, he Even like when he's this. giving a speech, you're, you're going to have to go out and and fight and fight for these people. And do you want to do that? No, you're going to go and do this. You're going to get that's, that corn. That's that's not bad. That's pretty close. <laughs> uh, that's and, and he rarely raises his voice. He he rarely you know shifts his tone to something else. Yeah, he doesn't uh, yell much. No, and it's basically because I think a lot of these scenes are. Basically, like, like we've set up the scenes. You're you're this character. This person is the other character. This is what you're gonna say. Yeah. And uh, it, it he doesn't vary very much. Not that he's terrible, but no. no, he's not. He's not bad. It's just that the the film presents him. The that movie way. doesn't give him that much range outside of, hey, I I suddenly go from being just this guy who has this land to you know, being a deserter from the Confederacy and hiding out in the woods and helping out some of these slaves uh, who've also escaped. And then that builds and builds and builds until I have a an army. But it builds in a very good way. No, I, it, Matt, does. New, it, it, uh, it does. It does. The first night has this, has this reputation as being this rebel rebel against the rebels. Really. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a strange situation of people rebelling against Confederacy, and he's chasing off tax collectors and and helping runaway slaves. But he doesn't start out as this. He the film doesn't fall into that pitfall of oversimplifying history, where like you take a film like The Patriot with Mel Gibson, hmm. and it starts out with like with Mel Gibson is this plantation owner who does not have slaves. He pays people to, to work his fields, uh, which is. I... Which is dumb because a it didn't happen and b because it, it, it we don't buy it. Well, the movie is pretty clear. They're, they're that, trying to make him too squeaky clean right well, this, away. Well, this movie is pretty clear that Wayne that I almost called him Wayne Knight. I, I, I've been tempted to do that because <laughs> he looks so much like the guy in Jurassic Park that <laughs> stick 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 stupid. No, um, no, but New, Newton Newton Knight. Knight. Knight thank you. Um, it's a little bit of an you could just say thing. You could just say Knight. Thank you. Newton. Newton Knight, he he doesn't have slaves. No. He's no. just a, he's just he's a farmer. Because he's too poor. Like, a lot of times in the South, that's what... I, I am glad that the movie did point that out, because sometimes there's this misconception... I, I've never had it, but I'm sure that people over time who don't really pay attention to history think, oh, everybody in the South had slaves. No. But that's not the case. I mean, people who had money had slaves, and... I, I felt like one one nice thing, too, kind of drawing parallels from history to present day or even back to Vietnam. It's like if you had the money to buy out, you could just buy out from not having to fight or engage in what was going on. So these people who had that happened 20, in the Civil War. Yeah. Tw- not quite who during ha- Vietnam. But I no, 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 no. But people. I mean, like, I don't mean ex- no people didn't have slaves. No, no, what I'm saying no. is, uh, but I know what you're talking about with Vietnam. People who were like in college or had families or deferments, or, yeah, and, and things like that, they could get out of it. But it was usually the people who were poor in the lower yeah. rungs of society it, it also, who got yeah. ca- caught holding the bag. Yeah, right. it reminded me of uh, also in Gangs of New York, where uh, uh, DiCaprio's character says, "Now, if you had three hundred dollars, you could 
you know, buy your way out. But who had $300? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, you know, the people, that almost sounds like that's not a lot of money. No, in the, in 1863, that was a lot of money. Yes. And so, yeah, you get, you basically, you see the story of this guy putting together these men uh, and women and, you know, how they fight these uh, Confederate troops. And, uh, you know, they don't really align themselves with the Union. They're their own rebel band who want to make their own, uh, literally, a, their, I guess a state, even though I'm sh- I have to wonder if there were other parts of Mississippi where they didn't really uh, <laughs> conflict their, with them. Their motivations evolve over time. Um, I'm curious, just as a side note, have being a student of history somewhat and also you know we, you've watched the civil war like 20 times uh have That's you ever true. have you ever heard of these this guy yes it, this incident gets the briefest of mentions in ken burns's documentary oh does it yeah i'm trying to remember when that was but it was in episode five okay well, or, i'd have to rewatch that yes episode five uh but it's only something they mentioned for less than 20 seconds yeah um and, uh, oh, by the way, if you ever, if you go online, you look up the real, uh, Newton Knight, doesn't look at all like <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, I, which is a common thing. Like he looks like real white trash. Like he looks like really ragged. I think you can afford to be a little more generous to Newton Knight. Well, oh, you mean the real, oh, you saw, oh, the, they show a picture I think of him at you the end, talk don't to, they? I think you could talk about the actual guy as, as something other than white trash. No, I didn't mean to say white trash. I meant, like... Look. Don't worry, this part will get cut out of the podcast. Nah, it won't. Um, <laughs> Alright, let's talk about more to do with the movie itself. Um, so, yeah, again, you're not... The, the movie's story, it's not like you have a lot of clear lines with it. It's kind of like, okay, you see Newton Knight starting up little by little gathering together men he uh he meets this ex-slave named moses who becomes a pivotal character uh he also meets this uh slave girl uh oh god what what, what the hell was her name um actually i'm gonna look up her name right now because i don't want to go the rest of this uh review not knowing her it was uh i think oh you know what this actress's name I, I don't know if I'm going to butcher this. It's, and I'm not kidding, Gugu Mbatha Raw. Nice. I think I got it right. I, if, I miscor- if I got wrong, please correct me. I think she plays Rachel. Right. And, uh, and yeah, and she becomes kind of closer to Newton Knight just by him teaching her how to read. Yeah. You know, he, he's one of these guys who, you know, I don't, um, you know, you're, you're all men to me. Uh, you know, you're all just people. I'm not going to be a racist son of a bitch. I'm going to be somebody who, uh, you know, just accepts all of you. Right. Um, and the romance evolved over time. It yeah. wasn't just like they saw each other and it was like, you know, like awkward meeting or they knocked over something that they were holding in each other's arms. There's no, no meet cute, meet, uh, cute, meet cute here. No, they, they were, they were pretty equal. And then, um, see, I don't know if this is where we can get into, I'm not going to say spoilers so much, but just more things in depth with the story of this movie, because this is where I might get into certain issues I have with it. Because just to give you kind of, if you want like to get like a little bit more of a basic primer of this movie, Matthew McConaughey is good. He's really good. Um, There are a lot of intense moments that Mm -hmm. I thought were executed fairly well. There's this one moment involving uh, 
what you think is a funeral for a character, and it turns out to be uh, something much more action-packed. Yeah, almost almost out of a spaghetti western, but a little bit. <laughs> that, there, the there, setup the setup starts that way. There was another moment that was felt like a spaghetti western moment because there was this moment where the uh, there there are a few like Confederate soldiers who are they were on their horses very slowly in the swamp, and then they turn one corner. They barely even turn a corner, and it does that type of thing, like in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, where, where because you don't because. Because the characters don't see it, they're not seeing what because, should be right in front of because them. The, because the group of armed men and the Confederates are not in the same frame, they don't see each other. <laughs> but then once they enter the frame, it's like, whoa! Yeah, I, that's like such a movie moment. It's just, and obviously it, it works in that, in the ugly it works here. Um, so lots of nice moments like that. And also, a lot of moments kind of watching just things uh, happen. Yeah, it, it's very it's a very low key film. Much more the low key than has, I expected. Yeah, the trailer has played up a lot of its action sequences. I thought it like, was going to be more of a Civil War movie. Yeah, like uh, by yeah, that I mean like battle. With, you know, bet with battles and uh, scenes of people uh, of gorillas fighting the Confederates. Not yeah. not the animal gorillas. I mean, gorillas <laughs> like the uh, gorillas. The band. <laughs> I don't want to give you guys the wrong impression, uh, but it's. But it doesn't, you know, you expect like a film about the Civil War to start out with, you know, the sort of big bombastic set piece battle yeah. scene where it's like, ah, oh, the war is terrible. And yeah, it was. Uh, but it's a much more restrained version of that kind of scene. Yeah. And then, you know, and the subsequent battles that have to happen after that are are not battles that play out like from beginning to end. They are parts of battles that you you just see it's like a little bit here, little, a little uh, bit there. yeah little scene. but then the rest of the film are are things like conversations between people and then sometimes there was one shot i noticed early on where, where newton's got is just walking across the, the, the screen with this mule yeah that and, was that was a nice shot yeah and there's barely music to go along with it either yeah you know everything that happens is, is just you know, there's there's not a lot of music behind it. There's there's not a lot of emotion behind it, but well, it's but it, it is pretty well shot. Yeah, well, there the this might sound like an an odd comment, but just aesthetically speaking, the palette of the movie, the how it looks, it's a little gray. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little bit washed out at times, but I guess maybe that was part of it. It's just kind of like taking you back to this era where things were very grimy. Things were you know, again, it's this environment where uh, you're not dealing with aristocrats. The aristocrats, you're dealing with people who were of the land, who had to get their own guns. They had uh, sometimes, occasionally, clashes with the other, you know, black white people. They uh, obviously that was bound to happen. Um, so you have that look, which uh, it's not as bad as some other movies I've seen, but it is something where it's a very gloomy movie to look at hmm. which is okay but it's not like um there were a couple moments the tone found... is never gloomy though it looks not quite, a little gloomy but not it, quite but it, it doesn't feel like except oh, for is there is one moment there there is one time frame where it doesn't look gloomy but i'll get to that in a moment all right and you might know i'm maybe you'll know what i'm talking about um so i don't know when i can get into this but Here's my one. Here's my one big issue with the movie. 
All right. Well, this, uh, these are our non-spoiler issues, so, you know, go ahead. Um, well, to put it in as very general a way as possible, it's, it feels both a little too long, but also, like, a lot of things were cut out. Or it, it should have like been a longer... cut out? Yeah. Huh. Oh, yeah. Well, not not in... Not through the whole movie. I feel like the first half, maybe even the first two-thirds, feel fairly complete. Because that feels like its own story, again, of this, uh, you know, this guy, Newton Knight, who put together these people, rose up bit by bit against uh, the man, as you could say, and, you know, established their own piece of land. And then, uh, and then just as they're trying to get to the next step and... I think I went to the bathroom at one point, but it sounded like they were trying to reach out to General Sherman, yeah, uh, to maybe get more troops and more arm arms, and you know, to make sure they could fortify their place. And all of a sudden, the war ends, right? And then they have to deal with that. It was after the Civil War ends, and almost till the rest of the movie, that things felt either bit a bit rushed, or there were things that could have made it a little bit more complete, like. I, I wish that this was almost something that had been put on TV as like a four-hour miniseries. And that sounds a little extreme, but if you think about it, there are really two stories here that could be told. You have the first half, which um, I'm almost thinking maybe in terms of... Uh, this just suddenly occurred to me. like There was this two-part movie series called Che with mm-hmm. uh, Benicio Del Toro. This, ha- this came out several years ago. And that was two movies where the first part was following Che uh, putting together his uh, guerrilla band and you know taking over. Not the band guerrillas. No, his band no. of guerrilla fighters. G U E R I. That's spelling. And then the second movie was about him years later in either South America or Central America trying to form another resistance and it failing. Yeah. And I feel like, like Paul McCartney and Wings. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that there were parts of this movie that I wish I could have seen more of. I wish I could have seen more of the reconstruction. And I feel like there, I wish that there are also time jumps that were a little startling to me where at first I thought for a while we were right around 1865, 1866. And then all of a sudden it jumps ahead and it's 1875. Right. And I, it didn't really feel like the one thing that they tried to do was add like a tiny bit of gray to Matthew McConaughey's beard. Yeah. And it was in an odd part. Cause usually when a beard grays, it's on the face, but like on his face, it was black. And yet the gray was like on the bottom. Really, The gray uh, comes in near the face. Yeah. Huh. If, I, if I grew out my, my facial hair, you would see some gray in it. Huh? Like they didn't, I didn't know that about you, Jack. Uh, well, now you know, and knowing's half the battle. Gray beard, Jack. Uh, there are some skips, and this is one of the issues I have with the film, too, yeah. is that... Uh, That's what I mean by feeling the, like it could have been longer. Yeah. I, I don't think this is so much an issue of the film being longer as it is taking a more creative approach towards the chronology, because there are moments where the film yeah. has to... feels the need to... It Not gives necessarily you stop, but to write the information on on the literally screen. on yeah. the screen, I, and it's like, oh, uh, they have sixty three. The... Uh, the Battle of what was it, Vicksburg? Yeah, 
I'm sorry. Again, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember right. the battles. Okay, uh, good. And, you know, and that happens, and, and they say, and th- they feel the need to backfill a lot of the information to inform you about what's going to happen in the next few scenes. Yes. And ultimately, is that necessary? A lot of times, no. No, you could because have cut you out, don't need yeah. to tell people, oh, desertions are going to increase before you start showing more Confederate deserters. No, uh, but then later on, it becomes. Uh, it becomes more necessary as a lot of American history and politics are going to play into the life of Newton Knight. Yeah, I own, and unfortunately, yeah. sorry, unfortunately, they are necessary because there are no scenes which would give us that information because the film is going for this much more realistic approach to the material. Yeah, it's not going for this very actiony approach. It's not going for and that's that's fine. Yeah, and it's and it feels very natural. It feels very realistic. The problem is, in a realistic film, you can't just have someone walk in and say, "Hey, did you know the Fifteenth Amendment was just signed?" Yeah, it's not a spoiler because that's history. You know so, what? It, you know what it is too. I'm maybe I'm just a, I might be a little spoiled because uh, I told you about the soft mic, but a, f- a few weeks back I watched uh, the HBO series John Adams. Yeah. And there, and granted, that was taken from this big biography by uh, David McCullough, but uh, over the course of literally like 10 hours, you got to see, you know, so many steps and progression in the life of this man, you know, both personally and politically. Um, here, I got, you know, I got to see a good deal, you know, a lot of what, made Newton Knight special as far as his role during the Civil War. Right. But then once the Civil War ends, it, I mean, it wraps up uh, one particular character, uh, Moses. Oh, um, he, he gets wrapped up. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, that, that's a way of put, well, again, realistically. Uh, we'll we'll say that one for spoilers. No, but it, uh, it, I don't know. It's a weird thing because the movie already, it's already like two hours and 15 minutes. So it's a pretty big movie. Yeah. But it, it's one of those things where, um, I'm trying to think of another comparison I could make to this. Maybe, you know, we just watched, and we'll talk about this probably on another podcast, but we just watched Gods of Egypt. Mm-hmm. And that was another movie, which, uh, at times felt like, was there stuff cut out of this movie? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe there wasn't for that. Maybe that's a weird comparison. But well, let's wrap up the non-spoiler section of this yeah. uh, review. Uh, for those of you who want to listen further, we will take you all the way through all the spoilers you want. Yeah. Uh, but for now, let's give our opinions yeah. uh, on this film. I'll, I'll, I can, I'd like to go first. Sure, please. Okay. Uh, I think in a world where box office, where blockbusters are really uh, be, are really huge. You know, when Independence Day just came out, this is a film that I think is uh, important to see simply mm-hmm. because it tells a story that's worth telling. Yeah. I mean, it may be low key. It may not uh, emphasize the battles that you expect from the trailer. I don't expect a ton of that. I expect a lot more people talking. But the life of Newton Knight is a very interesting thing to witness in this film. Matthew yeah. McConaughey does a good job. Uh, the script and the direction kind of, you know, don't give him much uh, to work. They it doesn't give them uh, give him much range. Yeah. But what it's, you do see one. is a really solid film. Yeah. Um. Now I will say most of, it's largely what we're presented with uh, for me was solid. 
Um, I think dramatically, I wish that I'm I'm fine. With, I'm actually fine with it not being the usual battle and blood and guts war film, which we get like in the first ten minutes anyway. But I wish that Gary Ross, he's the director. He also did uh, Sea Biscuit. Yeah, Hunger Games, uh, which is weird, kind of a little bit of an outlier because his other two films, he hasn't made a lot of movies. He made Pleasantville, and he made uh, Sea Biscuit. Oh, Pleasantville. Yeah, good. Um, I when you consider though this film with, with Hunger Games, I think they they share some. Hunger Games stuff. is also a film that has that kind of gray look, and it's very meant to show things realistically, even though it's a dystopian future. Uh, I just wish the. It, some of it felt a little flat, like not, aside from McConaughey and maybe a couple of the other people, all the the acting was pretty standard. Mm. Like it was fine, it was competent. It didn't really, um, you know, if I when I watch a period movie like Twelve Years a Slave, that's a film where I feel like I'm really being transported into slavery and how uh, and the the visual approach of that film was really daring and really got under your skin. This movie doesn't so much get under your skin. I was no. always kind of watching it. It was a little bit of a history lesson. I think that if, uh, and I don't know if this may apply to you, because sometimes you teach uh, uh, in in middle school and high school. If you if you're a uh, if you're a teacher listening to this, this might this is a decent movie to show your students. I'd agree. I think that's a pretty okay movie to show your students. Um, if you go, if you want to see it in the theater. Uh, I'd, re- I'd recommend like an AM price. I don't know about paying full price for it. Um, it is a, it is good to pay to see these kind of movies in the midst of, you know, a weekend where you get Independence Day two and it's sandwiched between uh, Finding Dory and uh, Purge three and whatever the hell else is coming out soon. We just did an entire episode about sequels. Yeah, and I think you know if you're at the least bit interested, go see this film and support it. It's an original story. It's not bad. It's, it's not bad. I just wish one. it had been a little better. It's, it's okay. Well, you could say that about any film. I wish it was a little better. No, but, but I mean that there is a lot of potential. When I say, I wish that this is better. I know I've used that word sometimes. I mean that to say that, um, somebody with an even keener, more original visual approach could make this, you could feel like you're there. Here, I never felt like I was there. I felt like I was always just kind of watching this happen, these scenes unfold. And um, and again, again, for the first 90 minutes, I was I was fairly with it. And then the last, like, half hour, 40 minutes, I started to have more problems with it. So that's okay. my general review. All right. Let's get into some spoilers here. All right, um, everybody. This okay. is the spoiler corner. Okay. This is for all the cool people. Yeah. Spoiler so corner. So if you don't want to be spoiled, and if you want to be uncool, turn off the podcast. If if you have your armband that says "I have spoilers," we'll let you into the club. Exactly. From this day forward, we declare the land north of the Pascagoula swamps, south of Enterprise, and east of the Pearl River to the Alabama border, to be a free state of Jones. And as such, we do hereby proclaim and affirm the following principles. Number one, no man ought to stay poor so another man can get rich. And two, 
No man ought to tell another man what he's got to live for or what he's got to die for. Number three, what you put in the ground is yours to tend and harvest, and ain't no man ought to be able to take that away from you. Number four, every man's a man. You can walk on two legs. You're a man. It's as simple as that. <laughs> um, you know what this movie is in a way. Uh, like and when I mentioned that you know you have that civil war and reconstruction thing. Right. Something that occurred to me when I was watching it, and this is going to sound like a weird comparison. Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. How so? The idea that you he he combined not all three books, but the, the first, first two. two books into an hour, two hour ten minute movie. And he had he actually did a fairly decent, not great, but fairly decent adaptation of Fellowship of the Ring. He did a decent adaptation. Yeah, and then he cobbled together and crammed in two towers into a short period of time in that movie, and then the movie ends. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I think they did a direct-to-video Return of the King movie, which I hear is pretty bad. Um, again, I wish that you know, Reconstruction is such a fascinating period in history. And also, it would have been a fascinating period of Newton Knight's life, because, again, I get it for sort of the sake of how this movie is now edited together, um, his his sort of journey is almost taken away from him, maybe you could say, because he doesn't have the purpose that he had during the Civil War, but I wanted to see more of what he did in that, and because the movie lacks that time space, and also... The other big thing, which I, we didn't get to before. Right. The first title card of the movie says this story takes... And it literally says this. This story takes place from 1862 to 1876. Bullshit. Yeah. We cut ahead 89 years to 1948. Yeah. This is something... <laughs> this is something that kind of surprised us. The film briefly hops... Between two time periods, between Newton Knight in the 1860s and 1870s, to his great-grandson. Great-grandson. Or great-great-grandson, who knows. Who is, who in real life was arrested for uh, for having a mixed-race marriage because he was technically one-eighth eighth African-American. Just one-eighth, and in Mississippi... Uh, you know, that was in 1948, 1949, that was a no-no. Illegal. Yeah, illegal. It, it was just no bones about it. I think it was illegal in, I don't know, was it illegal all over the country or just in the South? I don't know. It depends. Yeah, it depends. But but the point but is, the, point is, the movie yeah, the jumps state. ahead randomly, like out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, well, it jumps no. ahead to 1948. It's not it, quite as random as you see, as it seems, because that, that flash forward happens in right after Newton Knight meets Rachel. Is that the first time it happens? Yes. Okay. Right. At, those two. And you know, we learn from that, that those two are destined to marry and have a child uh, basically. But I feel like it almost, it deprived me in a way of maybe seeing a little bit more naturally 
that relationship progress by the by cutting ahead to 1948 and it was pretty fairly early in the film it was felt like it was in, within the first half hour you know i already know okay they're going to get together and have a kid and by the way this also happens not too soon after uh, Carrie Russell plays uh, Newton Knight's wife, and she has a kid with him, they have to leave because Newton Knight has to go hide out in the in the swamps, you know, because he's... Oh, no, wait, I think hunt. she was his... She wasn't his bro- wife? She was his brother's wife. Really? Because she was the oh. mother of his nephew who got killed in the in that battle. That that's why he brought oh, the body back to her. That was and, okay. And you and you're still under that assumption because you thought that the movie that, didn't that do a good was... job explaining that, like or showing that. Like I thought that they were. I thought Carrie Russell was his wife, and that. No. Huh. All right. Well, I guess. All right. Maybe that does change things. But uh, but even still. But we're, that, not talking that, about, but we're not talking about some like grand puzzle where it's like, oh, we got to keep watching the movie to see how this courtroom the way that these, thing is going to turn out. No, but out. the way that these tiny little courtroom segments pop up, editing-wise, I mean, you could say that, okay, now they have this little moment between Newton and Rachel, and then they cut ahead to 1948, and, uh-oh, it's still, you know, love is still, you know, still things are still a problem when it comes to race in Mississippi, uh, when, mm. when it comes to people being married. It... Intellectually, I get it. I get that the movie's trying to say, you know, even though race was really a problem in the 1860s and 1870s, it was still a major problem by the time Newton Knight's descendant, who was only one-eighth black, was still having to deal with this crap in, in court. Yeah. Emotionally, while watching the movie, it took me out of it. Okay. Jumping ahead, that the way that it was edited... you And... I would almost forget that that was a thing. Like you had that first scene happen, and I think you even leaned over me and was like, "I'll wait to see what happens with this," yeah. um, which is fair. But then it spends a long time not showing that. Then all of a sudden, I'll show a tiny snippet of that, and you know how it's going to go. Like probably go either, you know. And, well, you know, the, the thing is, they don't really. They don't do much. With they it. don't. They don't. There's very little connection between those two things except you know for the obvious we have one he's the the guy in the future is newton knight's great grandson yeah and but there's you know there's no grand mystery we have to solve or there's no real direct bearing on the, the between past and future events other than the fact that newton knight uh married a black woman and had children with her i think what and we see that, and we see those flash forwards to uh, very few times. I mean, p- perhaps there are four of they, them. They, in the they start. Film. They start to happen more near the end, right? And then, uh, and then towards the end, you you kind of see what the film is working towards. It's like Newton Knight eventually, you know, in the midst of Reconstruction in the the election of eighteen seventy six, he's he's still he decides to stay in Mississippi. And live his life with his with his wife, even though he legally can't marry her. Yeah. And then his great grandson has to make the choice: Do I plead guilty, and you know, avoid a penalty, or do I stick to my, or do I stick to the love of my life, and try and just stick with my principles? Yeah. I and mean, that was the the big parallel they were building towards. Yeah. It's not. 
anything very dramatic, and it doesn't work much in the plot. But for what it is, it's it's kind of effective. No, yeah, well, I guess, but it just you disagree. No, I yeah, I don't agree. I think that it you could have cut that out of the movie and just made it about the story of Newton Knight in the 1860s and 1870s, and you could have still had a compelling film. Like, that information about his great-grandson, it didn't really add that much to his story, Matthew McConaughey's story. Except, again, I know intellectually it's trying to make the point about his legacy, and that's fine, but... In the scope of the story, it just doesn't make sense. If this had I been think... a, if this had been a documentary, mm-hmm. you could have dealt with that in maybe a more logical way. I almost wonder if this. Do you think that this story might have been slightly more effective as a documentary? Well, it does seem already to be. <sighs> you could have like, not no, maybe it's... not a whole hour, but like a whole episode I, devoted I... to, like. Uh, not not as long as like a Ken Burns Civil War thing, maybe something shorter, but you could dedicate more pockets of time to things. You could even have like a whole episode dedicated to the story of his legacy and here's all that. The, here's the way I look at it. Every once in a while, this was back kind of when the History Channel was sort of good. <laughs> before it was all like, let's kill Hitler. Before it was all Pawn Stars and reality shows about men who and log. That, and that guy with the hair who's like, aliens. Right. <laughs> Every once in a while, they would make this sort of docudrama about like someone like about, like Attila the Hun. Yeah. Or they they even made recently a miniseries called Vikings, yeah. which was supposed to be like their answer to Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And and those are are bad. Hmm. And if you were to and I think if you were to take that same concept and do it really 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 well, you would have something like this. Hmm. And this is head. Shoulders and everything else, everything else you can put above those things, above that. Well, I haven't seen a lot of those History Channel things. So You're I, not missing much. <laughs> and, um, and in a way, it is kind of a docudrama. It's trying to teach you something. Yeah. But, it's, but I guess this is one of those things where it's a very, very well done docudrama. I'd say it's well done. I don't know about very, very well done. I've I've seen perhaps better. on the on the uh, on the low scale. The uh, <laughs> the low hurdle to cross uh, hurdle of docudramas. I'll, I'll say it's it better. Than, I'll say it's better than the Patriot. I will. <laughs> Although the, 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 the Patriot pa- was an action. The film. Patriot, like yeah, no, that's a Roland Emmerich movie. Oh that's, man, did you know that? I didn't. I no, I forgot about that. <laughs> Roland Emmerich does his Braveheart with with with. with uh, Mel, Gibson Mel Gibson has a few Braveheart moments. There's that. I don't know if you remember the movie very well. But oh, I remember a, it. I remember it too. It's funny. I've watched that movie a few times over the years. Yeah. And like, I read the novelization <laughs> of, that book, of that movie. Wow. I read the novelization of Godzilla before I even saw the movie. Slowly backs away from, from Andrew. Um, I was in middle school. I didn't have great. Uh, no, no, I, I, I've read crap like that too. No, but, but it's... um, no, no, but like, there's that one moment after Mel Gibson's uh, son is killed. Yeah, and he goes to get his very quick retribution. Right, and just kills these British officers in the woods. And there's this one moment where he's like chopping this guy over and over again, and blood is flying at him. Yeah, I felt like that was like a dress rehearsal for the Passion of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Passion of the Christ, by the way. What? He's getting a sequel. 
<laughs> but we can't get derailed by that. Too passion, too Christ. <laughs> anyway. All right, but, so but I think Free State of Jones. Free State of Jones. Uh, I'm going to give you my reasons for disagreeing with you about you know the marriage the future marriage subplot okay that's a terrible name for it but i'll go with it it's i think it's necessary because i I think what we have are two parallel stories in this which is the story of newton knight but then it's also the story of this is a section of the story of race in america Mm -hmm. and it's something that as i said in our spoilerless part of this uh, this is a story worth telling, hmm. where it doesn't get enough attention what happened in Reconstruction, how even after the Civil War, when all the slaves were freed, things ended up creeping back into a state of semi-slavery, and they cover that in this film. And it, after that, it's about the struggles of Reconstruction and how people risk their lives to vote. And the story... The, Part of the story that takes place in the future, I say like it takes place in the future, like there are robots and... It's like, in the past future. The the future past. Yeah. He, uh... I just... Again, it's just part of that story of race in America that hasn't been told very much. Hmm. And even though it may hmm. seem superfluous, I'm just really sort of glad that it's in there. Just for the sake of having of tell of telling viewers about something. Okay, I that, that's a fair defense. I just wish it had been presented better. I All wish right. that it had not been. We'll sprinkle a tiny bit here and then, like the second clip of that, just seemed like this really brief shot from the courtroom. That I wish either had gone a little bit longer. Is or... it the one where they're talking about um, his? sister-in-law moving to like georgia something like that yeah yeah like if because i've seen that kind of the sort of parallel stories thing work in movies this one it's just it's even though it's only you're right it's not a big part of the movie it's maybe like five to ten five five or six scenes yeah it's not a lot it's just emotionally i was i was i was into the in in a, in a lesser way, it was also like when they had those still images in black and white, and they had the text. Mm-hmm. That's where it felt like, oh, okay, we're we're getting more history here. Um, yeah, and those were the parts. It was the parts where they they put that text up on screen, where I was like, uh, see that you that you that you agree with? You that. couldn't have done it better than that. Yeah, because if you have to literally spell it out for us in front of the screen, then there's something wrong with your approach. Well, that's why I also meant by it seeming like they I don't know whether they cut corners in the budget or they cut corners literally in the edit. If there are possible other chunks of the film missing uh, or that were cut out because then you wouldn't need those uh, stills or you could cut out those stills. And, you know, like you have that thing where, as you said, that they could can more Confederates desert and then they cut to. Confederates deserting. (laughs) Confederates having dessert. Mm, They look uh, very southern with their apricot cobbler. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you have that still image telling you, and now more Confederates are deserting the army. And they cut to McConaughey pulling, like, a guy out from under a house or something and then running in the woods with the other Confederate deserters. 
you didn't even need the still. You could just cut to him, you know, running with the you guys. You could have had, like... And the, you could understand visually what is going on. Yeah, and you could have just, like, had your time skip. It's like, July, 1863. Then you could have gone right into that scene. Yeah. You know, just to show that the time skip had happened. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. What, what else to... Hmm. I'm just trying to point out to other things. Um... The other actor I wanted to mention earlier, I mentioned the uh, the the, the act the, that Mubatha Raw, the, the actor who played Moses is this guy named Mahir Mahershala Ali. Oh, that was even that was tougher to say than the first one. Um, he's in a lot of things. He's an actor I like quite a bit. He seems familiar. Um, well, he's going to be in the Luke Cage series um, that's coming to Netflix. He was in uh, House of Cards. Um, he was in. He's in. He's been in a lot, lot of TV. A lot of TV. Um, oh, he was in. He was in the Hunger Games. A couple of those movies. Um, I'm not sure where you would have seen him though. He's not in anything I think you've seen. Well, it could um, be that I'm just making up memories. <clears throat> but I guess in summation, uh, if you go see this movie, I'm not going to tell you don't go. This is. It is an important movie for reasons Andrew listen, mentioned. I what I did not, I was not as drawn in as much as I think you were. Um, I, 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 will I, I did that. find it. I found it compelling. Uh, again, I wish that again, as I mentioned, the visual approach had been a little bit stronger. Some of the acting outside McConaughey and the two uh, out, uh, Rachel and Moses were pretty standard. Again, I mentioned the things about the story. Um, uh, it's just, uh, Let I don't me... know. I know this is going to sound shallow. Maybe I do wish there had been a tiny bit more action. Maybe. Like maybe there, well, at I... a certain point there is so much talking and that is, that's good for the story. Having a little bit extra, like when they do finally spring into action, there's some real. It's good action. Mm. When they, when they do it, it's good. There's one moment where, uh, where, um, where Newton kill, uh, he, he kills this one guy. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's. It's in a it's in a church. Yeah, and that's uh that was a good moment. Yeah, that was a moment where I felt like ooh oh that's that's intense. I, I will add one thing. Okay. Uh, if you are a history person, yeah, this will probably be a much more rewarding film. Yeah, I mean I am a history person too. I just uh, sometimes I look for other things in history movies than you know. I'm not saying we're not. Now I'm not saying if you're not interested, you won't find this rewarding. But I think people who do, who are, they'll definitely find this rewarding. Mm. I I did. No, I'm glad you did. Uh, Again, I'm I'm glad this movie exists in the state of Hollywood that we have right now. The fact that normally this movie would be released towards the end of the year to try to capitalize on awards, but here it is in June. It's trying to court a, a. I don't know if you'd say a mass audience. It's trying to call, it's trying to court people who aren't just seeing the big effects movies. They're trying to court adults, and that's admirable. I think this is an admirable movie. Um, now, if you ask me, will I watch this as my first choice of a slavery movie? Maybe not. I'd probably pick Twelve Years a Slave, which also presents history in a way that is extremely intense. Uh, or twelve, or even something that is a little bit more of a comic book, like Django Unchained. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, it's funny. I almost feel like, uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, the character of Moses is kind of like what might have happened to Django if he had never been picked up by Christoph Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been his alternate history. There are some scenes in this film where I do sh- expect Jamie Foxx to show up and I like the way you die, revol- boy, and pull out his revolver. <laughs> All right, so if you... That's, that's, an, that's the crossover that's coming out soon. It's going to be... Uh... Well, you know they're already doing a crossover in the comics. Uh, did I, Maybe you... Did you tell me about that? Oh, yeah, Django Zorro. Yeah, that I, I need to read that. I'm going to pick up, like, if they have, like, a full grade I, of that. I'd see, I'd see a crossover film with Django and Newton Knight. Mm. Yeah, you know, I feel like part of this movie, too, like, I... Not that it's ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it, I kind in a weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now I know that he he did not have the same. He was not the same type of person as this. I almost wonder if this is kind of in place of, uh, like, because John Brown is somebody who also from period of history is very significant. Led an uprising prior to the war. Prior, yeah, just before the war. Um, I almost feel like this is almost like. Not quite the same guy, obviously. No. But almost like having like the white John Brown. John Brown was white. Oh. And I think we'll cut it off there. <laughs> See, I should edit that out. John so, Brown is white. <laughs> I even know. I even know who John Brown is. I know. I remember that from the Civil War. But. But it, uh, it's free State of Jones. Go see it. Give. A movie, a dollar. <laughs> Here, here's a dollar, do you movie? So if, for the if, wages of cinema. Oh, oh before uh, that, beep, beep, before beep, beep, that, beep. before that, Andrew, before okay. that, if you happen to see the movie, if you have any thoughts about it, if you want to, if you want to correct Andrew on any historical points, if you're looking at your Wikipedia page and suddenly see, hey, wait a minute, Andrew's full of crap about that. I dare uh, you. Then um, send us an email to wagesofcinema at gmail uh, you can also send us a message on Facebook or leave a comment on the page, uh, the, the Wages of Cinema podcast, and at Twitter, at Wages of Cinema. And for that, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. And remember, the Wages of Cinema is... Death. And 40 Acres and a Mule. They're poor farmers. Deserters. Who, frankly, sir, don't have much to lose. The winds are shifting. You can't fight with this time.